0: Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you wanna discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story And enhance the recovery even further. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. We are on day six of our seven-day marathon, rounding out the last couple episodes of the Road Beyond Recovery. And it's kind of that bittersweet, right? It's, I'm going to miss the Road Beyond Recovery, but I'm super pumped for the You're Sober Now What shows. Because We are really going to be focusing on the now what part in that podcast. The you're complacent, you're lost, you're bored maybe, you know, you want to make some changes, but you just don't know where to start. So that is the area that we're really going to be focusing on with the new podcast. So episode 200, we're going to kick it off on Monday. But before that, we have another great guest. And you know, I just want to remind you guys of the Rise Beyond Recovery virtual summit that's happening in a couple days time. So make sure you join us. Tickets are only 25 bucks or you can attend the summit for free. Uh, But if you pay for the VIP pass, you get lifetime access to all the speakers, their incredible stories, their tips and strategies on how to enhance your recovery, as well as a bunch of gifts that are valued at over $4,000. You don't want to miss this. You can head on over to the website at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I am chatting with Jesse Simpson from Action Oriented. Jesse facilitates these amazing retreats. You have to check it out. And he creates transformative travel experiences were, you combine adventure and plant medicine to help you heal your past, step into your power, and find your purpose, which, as you know, I am incredibly passionate about. He is a former U.S. Marine and firefighter. And we talk about his history and, you know, using substances and having those suicidal thoughts at a very, very young age. We also talk about the stigma of addiction and how people, you know, sometimes tend to stay in that victim mode. And we We've got to take action so I hope you enjoyed or enjoy this episode thanks for joining us everyone I'm excited because today I'm hanging out with Jesse Simpson how are you Jesse
1: tomorrow I'm doing great thanks for having me on the show
0: well I'm excited for you to share your story but why don't you tell us quickly for those of my audience members that don't know you uh, who you are and what you do today
1: yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I'm a transformational coach and I host Adventure Travel and Sacred Medicine Retreats, their transformative travel experiences in Colombia. So I'm a retreat facilitator as well. And whether it's through the coaching or the the retreat journeys in Colombia, what I do what I do is help people hear from their past, connect with their hearts and find their purpose. And what I'm what I'm after is creating a more harmonious world, harmony within ourselves, each other, and the world around us. And I believe that we can find that with inside of ourselves. And once we have that peace and we can find peace in the present moment, that ripples out to all the other effects. So that's really where the focus of my work is, helping people hear from their past, connect with their hearts and finding peace in the present moment. So we can really live in a more harmonious world as we move into this, as we move through these really challenging, disruptive times that we're all, I think, feeling right now.
0: Absolutely. I love that. It gave me goosebumps as you were talking about that, because purpose is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And discovering my purpose has actually helped me enhance my own recovery and how I live life today. So you've also overcome adversity that has led you to where you are today. So can you share a bit about that story and what that looked like for you?
1: Yeah, sure. So let's see. Where do I start? I feel like Well, my my life has changed dramatically over the past three years, and you know, actually four years. Four years ago, right now, I was in the shit. I was, um, I was a marine. I I was um, my background's in the Marine Corps. I was a Marine Corps veteran. I am a Marine Corps veteran. I was in the fire service, and four years ago, right now, I was a firefighter in the state of Arizona. I was a state firefighter of the year, actually, and it was my childhood dream job. You know, I had everything I ever wanted. And I was deeply broken, burnout. I was a firefighter of the year and I was smoking weed at work. And about this time around Thanksgiving, probably going into December of 2017, I was smoking weed at work and, and I was starting to have suicidal thoughts. And I realized that I was having, in that moment, the same suicidal thoughts I had, I, I was having as a 28-year-old man as I did when I was in seventh grade. And when I was in seventh grade, I had a that's where I wasn't sure where to start because you can go way back to the beginning. And I had a pretty troubled youth. You know, I single mom, four kids. My older brother had cancer. and I was getting in trouble a lot, getting kicked out of school on a regular basis. My older brother had had cancer. And so I didn't get the, the, the direction, attention that I needed, I think is what it boils down to. And I felt unloved. And that led to me being suicidal the summer before seventh grade. And then it was the... Events on September 11, 2001, that's on the World Tax on the World Trade Center that really brought me out of myself. Because just a couple of months later, this happened, and as tragic as it was for so many people, it's what gave my gave me a sense of purpose, a sense of direction to help me navigate my my troubled youth. And ever since seventh grade, I wanted to be a marine and a firefighter, and that was my journey. That's what I had to do. So I, I cleaned it up just enough to gradually join the Marines. And uh, really, a good experience that I had in general throughout the military. It was, was exactly what I needed to develop leadership skills, to develop, to see the world, to travel around the world with my best friends. I served in combat in Afghanistan in 2010. And, and, and then I, uh, I decided to get out. And, you know, leaving that unmistakable sense of structure and purpose and, and connection that you have with your brothers and sisters in, in the military there's not much like it, you know, when you get out and you're kind of thrown out to the wind and you, you have to kind of create your, your a new life while also shedding this old identity of being a Marine because being a Marine doesn't really do well in, in the civilian world. Um, there's certain things you can bring, but if you bring a lot of the energy coming out of combat, which is like what it was for me, it's not something you want to bring. And so I struggled a lot trying to navigate that transition and, I struggled with substance abuse in that time, and that kind of carried me on uh, uh, through that, just partying and thinking that that was how life was supposed to be lived, just partying and, and feeling this further and further I was getting from myself. And then I had an opportunity and in, in two years later, after I got out to go on this volunteer trip to Lima, Peru, and I worked at this orphanage, working with these disadvantaged kids in this really poor district outside Lima. And, you know, I, I thought, on the way down there, how much I couldn't wait to get down there and help those kids. I was a combat Marine veteran. I was going to school, you know, American privilege, whatever it might've been, but I just thought I could help these kids. And then after I got down there, playing with these kids for two weeks who had like sticks and balls and dirt floors, but the biggest smiles I'd ever seen, it was clear they shifted something inside of me and they changed me, they helped me. and. That kind of stayed with me. That experience stayed with me. So I kept moving and um, cleaned it up a little bit. After that, I started volunteering a lot, and I was I was um, volunteering, I was serving as a mentor, and these different things. And then I got picked up with the fire department, and you know, my here I am with my my childhood dream job, and it's like oh, here, this is it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but you know what I was getting myself into, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into because. I don't think most people know this, but the vast majority of calls, 911 calls, are mental health in nature. And that's drunks and addicts in the streets, suicides and overdoses in people's homes. Not to discount the fact that we do help people. You know, we are helping these people sometimes. And we are going on emergencies where people are dying of heart attacks and strokes and, and diabetic emergencies and these sort of things. And, of course, every once in a while, there's a fire and a car crash. So not to discount that, but it's a, it's, a, it's a small portion. Like Fires are like less than three percent of calls for the most part. And I just started to open up my mind to this mental health crisis that we're experiencing in the in the in the world. And being on the front lines of it, I started to get frustrated with the way the system treats it, and I kept moving forward through all this, through all this just all, going through the motions, I was moving, going through the motions because I didn't know what else to do. And I always had this call back to Peru and that feeling of like the, for the first time in my life, I felt alive. I felt important. I felt valued um, after separating from the Marines and that inspired me to, to start this, this nonprofit back in, in 2016. And I'm trying to navigate the, the, um, the demands of working at on the fire department and start this nonprofit where I was pairing up veterans and first responders with, with at-risk youth and a mentorship resiliency training program. And I thought that also was like, my life was preparing me for it. And that's actually what culminated in me being recognized as a state firefighter of the year. So on the surface of everything that I was, you know, everything that I ever wanted to do, my, my dream jobs, I had done them. And I was fulfilling this really deep purpose of starting this nonprofit. And I was still stuck in this loop Back to November of 2017, where I was just deeply broken and lost. You know, October 7, 2017 was really tough for me, really really tough. There was my older brother; he got cancer when he had it for 22 years. So he got it when I was a kid, and he was getting worse around this time. Um, my, um, I'll let you talk here. I'm almost done <laughs> with my uh, with my. Uh, The last straw for me, October 2017, was there was a machine gun shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was in the Marine Corps and I was a machine gunner while I served and I shot machine guns at other people. And I did that because I believed that in doing so, that would prevent that from happening here. And then there it was happening here. And then another big part of that, excuse me, was my best friend from the Marines, died of a heroin overdose that was actually november 2016. you know so i had this whole weight i'm going on people on on heroin overdoses that are running me and my best friend and then there's a machine gun shooting in las vegas nevada and then i'm uh, having all the things i've ever wanted on the surface and i am so miserable and smoking weed at work and having suicidal thoughts that i knew that i had to change my life I could not live this way, looking forward to retirement, which is the path that most people take when they're in the fire service, which is nothing wrong with that if that's what you value. But I was desperate. I was desperate and I had to take action. And so the so the way that led out for me is eventually about six months later in June of 2018, I had spent all spring, set all my stuff, and uh, my car, all my, pretty much all my clothes, got it down to about two, two backpacks. In June of 2018, I took a one-way flight to Costa Rica with no real plans of ever coming home, so that's that's my that's my my journey. And there's a lot to unpack in there, and there's a lot that's happened since then because that was three years ago. But that was the adversity that I faced, and that's where Action Oriented was born. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, action in, in my way of talking. Action Oriented is my coaching company, and Action Adventures is the, the travel and retreats. And action is a huge part of I believe of of what we need to do to get out of where we are now. If we don't like it, you know, if we're unhappy with where we are. And then I think the second part of that is integration. Because integration is what prevents us from keeping that cycle going. And I'll be really transparent with you. Although I went on this amazing journey, this amazing journey around the world. I spent two years backpacking around the world. I've did the most incredible things, lived in Colombia for two months. I hang glided over the city, walked the cobblestone streets in Peru, hiked the Inca like Machu Picchu, backpacked through through Europe, got engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower. And now here I am still in this sort of place where I haven't actually come home to myself. And that's the integration. And so I'm still integrating the experiences while I was abroad and, and all the things I've been doing. And I think that's that's why I am here now. And and that's my purpose is to help people integrate, to take action, but then also integrate so they can break the cycles that have been passed down to them and they can actually live their life free and fully alive.
0: Oh, I love that. And yeah, you're right. So much to unpack. And thank you for sharing all of that. Now, you know, a couple of things. One of them being a lot of people suffer, you know, troubled youth. It's very common. And, you know, I notice that, you know, people either go one or two ways they I see them either, especially when it comes to addiction, you know, um, kids who have alcoholic parents, oftentimes they will follow in their footsteps. But you do notice people that might do it for a little bit. And then they decide to let that fuel them to not go down that path, right, to actually do something different to chase their dreams. And I feel like, you know, I went down this path of addiction, not because my parents, um, you know, they weren't. They didn't suffer from alcoholism it ran you know kind of further down in the family but all of that experience i didn't let stop me i decided to change my life so what what do you think kind of set you apart from going okay i need to take action and do something as opposed to going down a really dark path because you you did start to live out your purpose and i believe that that's completely evolved um you know since you decided to become a firefighter and be in the marines there
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's hard. Let me see. It's a good question. The first thing that jumps out at me is once you have been so dark and you've been so close to when when you're having suicidal thoughts and the suicidal ideation, from my experience, and that's what it was for me, was, you know, I knew without even, like, as a seventh grade boy, I didn't, you know, think, oh, I don't ever want to go back there. I, something I knew was self, self-preservation from, from there on out. And as much as I struggled with, like, anger and anxiety and some PTSD after separating from the service and these different things, which were, were likely all connected anyways, um, when I ju- it was just like a trigger to me. When I was 28, smoking weed, having suicidal thoughts, it's like no way. No way am I going to just let my life be like this. And I thought about the people that I that I that I've lost that I've served to suicide. And and also as a firefighter, I mean I'm going on suicides. And I also see what it does to people, you know, the families. You know, you see someone with their reins hanging out and it's a sister that found them and you see her just completely devastated, her life changed forever. And that is what really messes with me. And, you know, you see someone hanging from the rafters and it's like your mom was trying to pick them up. And it's like that is something that stays with you for a long time. And I just refuse to go down that path. And so to me, it was like use this energy, this anger, this resentment that I had built up to the people that I was working with at that time, which all fed into this. It was like a perfect storm of things. My childhood stuff, my military stuff, the calls I was going on in the fire service and the crew I was working with at the time. You know, it's this perfect storm of like, either, guess what, Jesse? We, you know, we have all these decisions. We have, Our life is just full of decisions. And each one leads us to these different points in our life. And I think we have, when I mean, we make, I mean, how many thousands of decisions we make every day? Do we turn left or right? Do we know zig or zag? But it's, there's times in our life when we have to sit down with ourselves and say, what do I want my life to be about? And for me, in that moment, I knew I did not want to want my life to be about being a victim to all these things that were happening to me. I wanted to take action to see what I could do moving forward from there. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that's that was the moment of clarity that I had. I wanted to be wanted my life to be about taking action and moving forward. And I also want to say that I think there are some things that happened in my past. It's so it's so crazy to think about the idea of you know your worst day being the best thing that could have ever happen to you but that was as much as i would like to take credit for the conscious decisions that i made to you know to leave and these sort of things which maybe that wasn't even the best decision i don't know i don't have any regrets but who knows how it would have played out the other way there's there's been people in my life you know a mentor actually that really saved my life when i was a troubled kid that really gave me the the structure the the male figure, all all boys need a man in their life. And a lot of dads are running away from their families. And if it's a mom trying to raise their her her, her a boy, it, it the man the, the boy is not gonna get with what he needs. And that's nothing against a mom. It's it's something the dads need to step up into. And I was fortunate enough to have a mentor that saved my life that gave me this some sort of direction. And it was he pushed me along just enough to. To keep me going and then when he was laid off a couple of years later that's i got right back into trouble and actually in my freshman year he got laid off my eighth grade year and then my freshman year i ended up getting a big huge fight with my mom and i actually hit her in the face and knocked her out and you know i got kicked out of my house for that and that was devastating it was incredibly traumatic you know it's not like i didn't do it on purpose it was just she was hitting me and i was back into the corner and i snapped <laughs> And so that was another thing, you know, it's, it's there's so many different little twists and turns, I think, in all of our journeys that only can be connected when we look back on them. You know, it's like Mr. Blue, my mentor, is, is, is gave me the direction when I need it. And then as crazy as it is to think about me getting t- kicked out of my home as violent as it was and as traumatic as it was at the time for my whole family, that saved my life because I got out of the, the really toxic environment that I was in, in, in my household, but also the, fam, the, the the friends I was hanging out with and all these things. So it's like looking back on that experience and being grateful for that because it gave me this opportunity. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dance between like chance and choice. And when we have the opportunity to make a choice and we're conscious to that, we do what we, what we need to do to create a better life for ourselves and, and the people around us and those we wanna serve.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, I look back on my life now, and now that I believe I've found my purpose and it does continue to involve I evolve, but I look back and there's so many situations now that I'm more self-aware that I see these opportunities that happen where somebody came into my path or something happened and I could have made choice A or B and I chose to go the wrong direction and that progressed obviously. Now when it comes to addiction or, you know, substance abuse, and that comes in many forms, like I'm really, I try to, you know, make people more aware that addiction or substance abuse is so much more common than we think. I mean, you know, I've heard from lots of mothers that finally realize, wait a minute, maybe I have a problem, right? And it's, there's such a stigma right now about, drug addiction. And I mean, you've seen a lot of people on the streets with what you've done. So what are your thoughts on that? And just the stigma, because I used any sort of substance, mainly alcohol and drugs, because of my inability to handle my own emotions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I've seen it from so many different angles because I was in the fire service. I was in the front lines of this. I've lost people, like I said, my best friend to a heroin overdose, you know, and I have also struggled myself with, with weed. MBMA and different other drugs to alcohol, for sure, you know, all these different things that were just um, the transitions in my life that I had to go through. And from my experience, well, I think that we just have to drop the shame around being a human because life is hard. Life is very hard. And we go through these trials and these traumas and these transitions in our life and we don't have guidance. We don't have the support we need a lot of times and we're we're shamed and we're told that we're not good enough and we grew up in this and this this way from you know we're, we're told from our parents maybe well-meaning or not teachers mass media popular culture that who we are and, and what we do is never good enough so we look for things outside of ourselves to make us whole and complete and then when we're not perfect from the outside perspective and we're shamed for never living up to the standard, you know, we start this cycle and we don't get the help we need. There's a lot of stigma around, around men, you know, like seeing, seeing therapists and I'm not sure exactly if it's the same around women. Maybe it's a bit more um, open or accessible, but the fact is, as tough as life is, we all need help. We are, we grew up humanity. Humans have grown up in tribes. We use and rely on each other. We are not supposed to be perfect at everything all the time for everybody. You know, and that's just a form of self-abandonment where we really abandon and we neglect our own needs. And so I think there's there's we just have to drop the shame, the stigma around. Asking for help. And moving forward with that. And then I would also say that I have a big beef with mainstream or Western medicine and um, our approach to dealing with mental health. Because if we don't get the root cause of of trauma, let's say I work a lot, I do a lot of trauma work, I work with a lot of people with PTSD, military, first responders and civilians, it doesn't matter, because it's all connected to some root cause incident. And if you don't get the root cause of that, and you try to suppress the the, the gnawing anxiety or the fight or flight response, whatever, however it manifests, or the nightmares with medication, it's going to numb the symptoms without getting to the root cause. Then you're going to have a, a, a well, you're going to have a customer for life. The pharmaceutical company is, or the mainstream medicine, and that was my experience. and my frustration with the the fire service, is not that we were responsible as a firefighter, but what, that's what I saw. We would take people who are having you know suicidal thoughts, and we would take them to the hospital because that's all you could really do. And they would be put on some seventy two hour hold, and you know who knows what happens in there. They get, they get to think about it, you know, and, and made to feel stupid and inadequate some more and just reinforce that same cycle. And they're pushed back on the streets with probably medication or nothing to support them. And now what I've found and how my life has come full circle once again is there are actually processes to, to deal with root cause trauma, which is the fuel of most, if not all addiction. Alongside, I think this, alongside um, feelings of you know, not being good enough, even if it's not some major trauma like loss or something that invokes like terror or extreme fear or helplessness, which is what I would consider more of a, a PTSD response, a big trauma response. There's, we have all these sort of like micro traumas that are, you know, someone pushed us on a, in the ground when we were, when we were kids and we, we told us we were stupid or a brother did or some kid, some bully, you know, and that stays in our subconscious mind. And then we, unconsciously create those experiences that validate that original emotion, that limiting belief of sadness or not feeling good enough or whatever it is. And so I think um, to sum it up, the, the two things that we have to do is is release the shame around asking for help and to seek out root cause um, solutions or not solutions is the right word, but uh, root cause attempts at healing at deep healing. In transformation, instead of just trying to numb it out for a little bit and pushing our pain forward just a couple of months and buying some time, the time is now to really dive in deep and, and get the help you need to change your life.
0: Yeah, I always tell people, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out and ask for help, because you can actually help somebody else doing so. And, you know, as, as, as far as, you know, the um, medication that they give, I mean, I was, depressed. I was medicated for depression and anxiety, but that didn't really do anything because I was still drinking alcohol. I was still using drugs and I just felt this new high where I thought, okay, I'm good, but it suppressed everything. And like you said, in my childhood, I had a great upbringing, but my dad was very, you know, you can do better, you can do better. So I developed that perfectionism and I wasn't good enough. And so now I can see all those, like you talk about those micro traumas and what has, basically led me to the behaviors and very codependent behavior sometime, which also does not feel pleasant to be more aware of. But I'm, I'm glad I'm exploring that road. But, you know, you part of what you do now, and you say in the last three years, your journey has completely changed as well. Can you talk more about that part of your journey? And you know, the the natural mental health and healing that you do and work with others?
1: yeah yeah of course so when i say it's changed so much you know when i got back i spent like i said two years traveling around the world and i got back a absolute shell of the person i was before i left and what i mean by that is just i was so angry and just so fed up with the things that were going on outside of me and i didn't have all these words even even then but since then i i found a sense i got during my travels I access a sense of profound peace and clarity with the present moment, and that was facilitated through different plant medicines. Ayahuasca was was the first and, and main one I, I will mention, and then also just there was something about just a sense of pride, maybe or excitement, or just the 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 adventure that i was experiencing and just seeing the most incredible sunset looking out over the 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 beach in costa rica or when we were in in, in peru hiking in control the Inca machu picchu it was beautiful weather the whole time but then it poured down rain when we were standing up over the what's called the sun gate looking down on machu picchu about 10 minutes of poured down rain and then right after that the sun came up And broke out across a rainbow. Broke out across Machu Picchu as we were looking down. You know, those just moments are like, wow, this is incredible. And it allowed me this 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 access to what I felt like I was fully alive for the first time. And some some plant medicines help with that, but also some just like present moment awareness and awe for the the world that surrounds us. So I got tapped into that. Now I think that the. That, that was a lot of action, a lot of forward momentum, a lot of major, major changes. And now, even in, since then, the, the key has been integration. The key has been integrating those experiences, the, the moments that I've had on those journeys, the the moments that I've the, the things, the lessons that I learned on those things, like you need to be grateful for what you have, because at any moment it could be taken from you, you know, and, and you need to be present, you need to you need to embody love and have compassion for all things these these relatively simple lessons that are words until they're embodied in your physical body and you feel them and you can be present with where you are and that's been the thing for me that i've been working on now is i can do all these things and i can run run keep running away but now it's time to come home to myself and so that's been that's where i'm at now is integrating these experiences and helping other people experience excuse me, integrate these things as well and uh, integrate the challenges in their life so they can break the cycles that have been passed down to them. And, and how that manifests for me is I'm doing a lot of coaching and, and trauma work. And I'm also taking people on these these transformational travel experiences down to Colombia, where we do sit with some plant medicines in a traditional setting, uh, facilitated by traditional shamans from the Punta Mayo, Colombia, which is the birthplace of ayahuasca or Yahweh in Colombia and working on going through workshops where we connect people from their head to their heart and allow them to process and feel emotions for the first time so they can be released from the physical body and just connecting in community and 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 I'm just trying now my best to create what I what I need and what I feel is needed in humanity which is deep healing at a root level a, um, a normalization or acceptance of being okay with where where you are right now which includes normalizing the human experience you know which includes emotions you know for any logical people out there if our right side of the brain is all emotional it would be illogical to think that that doesn't matter you know that the right side the emotions emotional side doesn't matter and then creating community around that mm-hmm. because i think that's um that's what i'm trying to do is get get us back to to our roots of this sort of tribal community based experience where we go through life together and we help each other heal. We help normalize this experience and, and the traumas and trials that we're all facing, the challenges we're all facing right now because of COVID and, and political stuff and all these things that are going on around us. So that, that's where I'm at now.
0: Oh, I love that. I just, the, the journey. So what I've noticed in my journey over, and it's been a little bit shorter, but that, when I share open and honestly, and I actually walk that journey with others, you know, when I coach people and I take them through the group training, I will share my experience each and every time I go through that. You know, I always pick a new goal that I'm going to focus on and I'm going to take action on. And I share my journey very openly. Now, when you take people on these adventures and I just, oh, I, I want, I'm just sitting here going, I want to go on one of those adventures. Do you notice that you continue to grow and develop and things start to continue to change for you as well
1: oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah There, are, <laughs> life i don't think one of my i mean yes every and actually yeah, one of my one of the past guests we were just talking about it we had our last retreat in september and we were talking about some things she's integrating and stuff like that because what i always say about these experiences and really about any peak experience consciousness expanding experience and that could be with plant medicine psychedelics of course but it could be with breath it could be meditation it could be you know running a marathon whatever it might be for you the, the real work actually begins what you once you get home and you have an opportunity to integrate the lessons you have learned and you know i'm not perfect i got stuff i'm working on all the time and you know the the way that the retreats go is what do they say like new level new devil right like every time you kind of level up your life you're gonna you're gonna be presented the universe the universe let me just try to redirect it back to to the retreats and kind of make it succinct i feel like i'm all over the place right now but what what happens during these retreats is we come into this really inspired place we have community like everything is medicine and i mean from the actual medicine facilitated by the shamans to the the beautiful, Nature of the Colombian countryside is an incredibly beautiful place with mountains, jungles, waterfalls. We go on a couple of hikes and jump off some cliffs in the waterfalls and these sort of things. This reconnection of the nature is medicine. And so are the workshops and the, the connection with other people who are opening themselves up and sharing vulnerably. Like for the first time in people's lives, they are being seen and accepted for who they are, where they are. That's all medicine. And as we wrap up the week, we get clear on how we want to. We want to move forward into uh, life in the real world and whatever the intention is going into that experience of reentering being, you know, set free back into your life. The universe is guaranteed to put you to the test to make sure that you are convicted in your your you're convicted on this path of integrating whatever lessons you need to pick up and. And, and that's always my experience as well because i'm doing all the experiences with everyone else and it's it's a whole other thing when you're when you are responsible for taking people down to another country and doing all these you know experiences and facilitating the workshops and these sort of things so i'm being tested in different ways every time and, and i also know that and then integrating of course and, and learning and, and, and making sure that i'm not making the same mistakes and that i am I'm improving the experience for other people and just everything else. There's a whole lot that goes into it, but it, it's just uh, that's the journey. You know, that's the process. And that's what I think at least what just comes up for me right now is the idea that it's all about the the journey, not the destination. And as cheesy as that, as that sounds and it's probably over, over said once you really feel that and you can really be grateful for where you are, no matter where it is you are, you can really start to, well, You can you can have anything because if you're happy with where you are and you're good enough the way you are right now and you're okay with that, then so much of your life is going to be easier and will be happy with where you are instead of be looking always for the next thing. So. So, yeah, that's uh, my long answer to how it is for me. It's always a learning process and the real work always begins. For the guests wants to get back home probably for me when it's when i'm really in it and preparing and it's, it takes a little bit more but it's it's always it's that's what i think that's what life's all about you know is, is growing in community healing in community and that's what i'm trying to create with our retreats
0: oh that's incredible and you know it's interesting what you said about focusing on the journey because in one of the programs that i facilitate we talk about that we talk about how you know we as a society make mistakes only focusing on the outcome you know people do it to their kids and you know it's like you're so smart you're so wonderful well then the minute you fail you're thinking well they're wrong and i'm not smart right and we don't realize the effect we have when we start to focus on the actual journey and the steps and celebrating those wins it will empower people to continue that journey forward right and that's one something that i'm incredibly passionate about now like you said action right which action oriented is your is your podcast what inspired you to start the show because i think it's a i think it's a great name first of all and i couldn't agree more i mean so many people they talk about all these things they want to do i used to be that person right when i drank i came up with all these grandiose ideas i'm going to do this i'm going to do this but there was never any action and that of course has shifted so what inspired you to uh, start the show and what's it about
1: yeah, for sure. So the Action Hour is all about inspiring stories of from coming from people who have overcome adversity and take, take an action towards their dreams. Um, and it really was born as were the retreats out of my 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 travels. You know, I was on this journey, you know, thinking I was so alone and thinking, you know, so fed up with the life I was living in the Western world and, you know, X, Y, Z things that I could lift off about what I was so unhappy with and feeling so alone. Because in the fire service, I mean, most people get the job. It's a great job to have benefits and, and you know, all these sort of job security. And you think you're just going to live to retirement. Very people walk away like I did. And so there wasn't even many people I could talk about. No one understood. You know, I felt, I felt very alone. And um, when I left on my journey and I, like I said, I spent two years traveling, 10 months were right out of the country, and I met so many people just like me. Not, not on the surface, not a bunch of veterans traveling around the world, but a bunch of people like we're looking for something more, a deeper, a deeper connection to real to some people looking to know that they were not alone. And that's what I found. And I just had them. I met the most incredible people all from all different walks of life from all around the world who were just looking for something. And instead of just sitting around feeling sorry for themselves, they decided to go find out what they were looking for, you know, to find out what it means to to be free and feel fully alive. And I just felt so inspired by that. And I felt like that if I could capture some of these stories, I mean, for my own benefit too, I mean, cause these guys are amazing. It's so cool to connect with people who have, you know, and you're doing this too, you know, you, you connect with people and you're just like, wow, that's just so cool and it's inspiring. And that that's how we can change the world, you know? And so that's that was my that was my mission with the Action Hour was to capture these stories and, and meet with people who have overcome serious trauma, Navigate a serious transition or in life initiation, and rebuild their life from that space. And, and, I, and I've been able to do that, and capture some incredible stories of people from brain cancer to coming from a different country, and not speaking English, and you know, starting with working at Dairy Queen and not having anything to your name to being a very successful technology entrepreneur, and just some different things that are coming up right now. But but yeah, that's that's the idea, and that's that's also where the the travel company came about when I was in Colombia. There's just something about that place because. We spent four months in Costa Rica, two and a half in Peru, and then two months in Colombia. So it was we were we were kind of backpacking, but we lived for a little while in each country. And, and in doing that, you get a feel a bit more of the country and you get to see more. You get to learn more about the culture. And you while you're traveling, you, you know, you get different. You get different things from different places and different people and you kind of learn and you you reflect and you have some more time to think. And But there is something about Colombia where everything is set in and it's just so far removed from what people think about the place. You know, most people, when they think of Colombia, it's Netflix and Narcos and, and Pablo Escobar and these sort of things. And that's the reality. And it was for the country for a while. But the reality actually now is when you go there, you'll meet the most incredibly warm and welcoming people you'll ever meet. And the countryside is incredibly beautiful. Like I said, with the jungles and waterfalls and mountains, and it's just so rich with indigenous traditions and you just feel the gratitude when you get there and the way I healed on my journey through traveling and what I would call these real unauthentic ways of experiencing the world. I just knew I had to bring that to the world as well. Because, you know, it's one thing to go sit on a, on a beach and there's nothing, no, I'm not knocking that if you need to and drink some margaritas or whatever. But there's also something about you're just doing that to distract yourself from the life that you hate. And then you go back and you just keep, you know, drinking or whatever and, and your life never changes. But if you go on a journey like like what we've created, you go on these real authentic ways of experiencing the world, you come back changed. And that's what happened to me in Peru. And that's what's happened to me time and time again when I go on, on the travels that I've been on. I've been fortunate enough to be go on. And, and now that I'm able to step into the role of facilitator and help people experience the same.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And, and like you said, I think this podcasting... Um, it's just amazing. I have met so many incredible people, yourself included. And if we keep you know, bringing people on the show and, and having people share their story, I definitely believe that we can make a positive change in the world. Now, if people want to know more about you, um, follow you, learn about the retreats, ret- where can they find
1: you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for the question. So best, best way to get a hold of me would be on Instagram. If you got the old IG, pull it up and hit me up on at action underscore Jesse. And just shoot me a message and let me know you, you heard me on the show. I'd love to connect with you and chat with you about anything I said or life or what's going on and around the world, whatever it might be. I love just having this conversation with people. Um, otherwise you can check out action oriented.com. It's a website more about the coaching I offer and the, the, the clearings, the trauma work that I do, and as well as the retreats. And there's also a link in there to po- the podcast, which is called the action hour. And you can check that out wherever podcasts are on the internet these days and <laughs> That's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty much everywhere. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode second to last of The Road Beyond Recovery, and we'll see you again tomorrow. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.